So good morning and welcome everybody, especially our guests and visitors joining us today. I have been looking forward to this series that we are starting today for about two years. I really had this sense some time ago that uh, this subject of faith was one that we really needed to to uh, delve into, and part of it, a big part of it, to be honest with you, was my own personal journey. As I was seeking to, to uh, submit more of my own life and my own will to God and learning how to, to really listen to the Holy Spirit and try to be led by the Holy Spirit, and, and that's, a, that's still an ongoing journey for me, still learning to do that. Um, but one of the things that I was, I was really... Um, confounded by was, was this idea of faith. The more I looked at Jesus, the more I followed the life of Jesus, the more I read the Gospels, the more I walked with Jesus, the more important this idea of faith became. It just came out over the pages over and over and over again. And so I wanted for quite some time for us to take an extended study uh, into the subject of faith by looking at Jesus and looking at the stories around Jesus that have to do with faith. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next 10 weeks. In this year, as we seek to, to learn what it is to live extraordinary lives like Jesus, we've looked at, what, at how Jesus loved. We talked about hope and the hope that he, he brings and the hope that he represents. We'll return to that again in the Easter season at Lent. But for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be looking at faith. Faith mattered to Jesus. And we're going to find that, and we're going to look at the different stories uh, and, and what it is that we can learn about that. But a heart's desire, just like looking at Jesus and walking with Jesus to learn to love like Jesus, wasn't just because we wanted to be able to know about his love, but we want to be imitators of Christ. That's what the end of discipleship is. That's what it looks like to be a fully mature follower of Jesus, is to live our lives like him. As he, to be in the world as he was in the world. To love like he loved. And so in the same way, we want to learn not just about faith, but we want to increase our faith. Isn't it interesting that the disciples, you know, after hanging around with Jesus for a while and seeing Jesus do these amazing things and be continually confounded by Jesus, that eventually they came to him and they said, they didn't say, Jesus, teach us about faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. And that is the goal of this series. Not just that you and I as the people of God at Forest Brook would learn more about faith, but that we would increase our faith. And that our faith, you're going to find out, you know, faith is a muscle that we exercise. And the more we exercise it, the more it grows. And the more it grows, the stronger it becomes. And as we're going to see, that makes a big difference uh, in our relationship with God, and our relationship with the world around us. So let's pray, and then let's dive in to uh, Jesus and faith. Father, thank you for bringing us to this place, this place in, our, in, our, in the season of our life as your people, where we can be so focused on Jesus, that we can be so focused on him as our Lord, as our, our example, as our Savior, and Lord, through the gift of your Holy Spirit, we're able to, to take into us the very nature of who he is. Thank you for that. We invite and welcome you, Holy Spirit, to, to bring us closer to Jesus. We invite and welcome you to transform us and change us to be more like him. We ask for this. We submit to you in all things. We pray that through this journey of learning uh, 
how to increase our faith, that you would give us greater faith. And that through that, Lord, we would be able to honor you and glorify you and praise you and please you and be all the, all the people that you want us to be and that the world could see Jesus through us more clearly. Lord, we, it seems like we're asking a lot, but we're only asking for what the very thing that you want to give us. And so we ask for it with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So faith mattered to Jesus. If you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 8. We're only going to look at a few passages here today because we're going to be, over the next number of weeks, looking at specific stories and through our different speakers and in this series, we're going to, we're going to walk alongside of Jesus and see what he saw and experience what he experienced and see what we can learn uh, about faith. But here's a great place to start in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 13, with the story of this centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus was astonished. Other verses, versions say he was amazed. And the Greek word means that, that he, he paid attention to, he wondered at, and he admired. Think about that. Stop for just a second. It said, this is Jesus that when this centurion came to him and this centurion said this, Jesus was impressed. Jesus was amazed. He stopped. He caught Jesus' attention. And Jesus said, I'm telling you, I have not seen this kind of faith anywhere in Israel. It got Jesus' attention. It mattered to him. He noticed it. He paid attention to it. And that's an important thing for us to realize. We want to look through the eyes of Jesus. What did Jesus see and why did it impress him and why did it get his attention? Because there were other times where Jesus noticed the absence of faith and was just as astonished. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6. And we'll see a story of that. In Mark chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 to 6, as soon as I find Mark 6. There it is. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's his wisdom that, he's, that has been given to him? That he, even, that he even does miracles. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house, is a prophet without honor. And he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was astonished. It got his attention. He noticed it. He paid attention to it. He wondered at it. And he marveled at it. 
And in the Greek, it's apistos, which means an, uh, that they were without faith. They knew, who, they knew who he was. They had heard his reputation. They even knew that he had a reputation for being a miracle worker. They had heard that he could heal. They had heard that he could do miracles. He preached in their synagogues, and they were astounded at his teaching. They were amazed at his teaching. But what was the problem? They looked at him, and they said, he can't be all that. This is just Joseph's son. And they took offense at him. They were offended. Their pride was hurt. This Jesus rubbed them the wrong way. And so they hardened their hearts toward him. And when they hardened their hearts toward him, he could do very little in their midst. Think about that. That's what it says. He could only heal a few. When we look at Jesus' story, when we look at the gospel stories, you're going to see that Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Everyone. He was not skimpy in his miracles. He healed everyone. All who came to him, all who touched him were healed. But here we find a place where he could only heal a few because the people's hearts were hard. Their pride was wounded, and they refused to submit to Jesus. Now, one of the things that we're going to learn about faith is there are many synonyms about faith that, come, that go along with faith. And one of the things that goes along with faith is compassion and humility. Compassion and humility. Compassion and humility are absolutely critical to great faith. And here's we see these people... They had no compassion and they had no humility. So they had no faith. And Jesus could do nothing in their midst except heal a few. We don't want to be that place. We don't want to be that people. We don't want to be that place. I don't know everything about faith. I don't even have great faith myself. I'm still learning. I'm on a journey. I'm desiring. I'm asking. I'm searching. I'm seeking. But I know this, I don't want to be without faith. I do not want to be without it. And so I will do whatever I have to do to attain greater faith. Because I don't want to be without it. Because it matters. It mattered to Jesus. And when we have great faith, Jesus goes, look at that. And when we have no faith, Jesus goes, Oh, look at that. And so faith matters. So we want to look at faith. Faith makes a difference. One of the best places to start learning about faith is actually in the book of Hebrews. And I want to go there because we're setting the stage here today for what we're going to be doing over the next number of weeks. And this is such a key verse in Hebrews chapter 11 to teach us something about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. You'll know this passage really well, I'm sure, where it says this. And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the first verses I memorized as a Bible college student you know, such a, a key verse and, you know, can, can recite it by heart. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
you know, because you have to believe in him, and you have to believe that he, he rewards those who dilig diligently seek him. But let's unpack this for a little bit. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And the Greek simply says, believe that he is. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. There's two things here. One is obviously a belief that God is. Philip Yancey in his book, Reaching for the Unreachable God, which is about faith, and I'm going to quote from that in a, in a little bit, says that the first principle of the universe is that God exists and he is good. And he says everything else has to flow out of that. That's the first principle of all creation, that God exists and he is good. And everything else comes out of that. And so we have to believe that. We have to believe that God is in that. And this word believe, when it says believe that he exists, that's also the word pistos, which is translated faith. Here translated belief. That's one of the things that we, we get kind of in trouble with, with these words because they're translated belief and we think one thing and, and it can also mean something else. And the word pistos means to be fully persuaded of, fully persuaded of or to entrust yourself to. Belief can just be a cognitive thing. We can just give mental assent to something and say, oh yeah, I believe that. And the classic example of that, of course, is the story of the tightrope walker going across Niagara Falls. And the crowd watches, you know, and he asks the crowd, he says, do you believe that I can do this? And they say, oh yeah, we believe, sure. And he says, okay, so if you believe I can do this, get on my back. Get on my back. Believing is saying, oh yeah, I believe. Faith is getting on the back. Faith is getting on the back. And that's what faith is. Faith is never cognitive assent. It's never saying, oh yeah, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that this is true. That's not faith. Faith is, I am entrusting myself to, I am fully persuaded of, I am committing myself to. That's faith. And so it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God because you have to believe that God is. You have to be fully persuaded of that and trust yourself to that and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's another part of this, that it is in the seeking of God. It is in the searching for God. It is in the reaching for God that we discover, that we, in, that we, that we grow in our faith. It is in the hunger for God. It is in the thirsting for God. It is in the reaching for God that we find God. Ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open to you, Jesus said. And so that's an important part of our faith, is that if we have faith, we will search for God. And in searching for God, we will have faith. And these are prerequisites to being able to please God as we're going to see. Now it says, it is impossible to please God. What's, it, what's he talking about there? It's interesting because we have to pay attention to the context of this. Because the context in Hebrews eleven six, 6, where he says this is right after verse 5, where he's talked about, he's going through the heroes of faith, the great, you know, the great patriarchs, and he mentions in verse 5, Enoch. And it says that Enoch pleased God, right? And then God took him. One of these enigmatic verses in the Bible. But if you go back to Genesis 5 and you read the story of Enoch, it's an insightful story. Enoch was one of the faithful. 
And he lives in this chapter of five where everybody's being given, you know, this guy lived for 900 years and this guy lived for 800 years. This guy lived for, you know, 850 years. And then we come to Enoch and Enoch, it says, walked with God and God took him at age 365. And he was no more. Now, there's not a lot of explanation. You can look at, you know, uh, you know, scholars, and they can kind of parse that for you. I'm not, I'm not interested in what happened there, but here's the point. Enoch walked with God and pleased God, and God took him at a ripe young age. Now, by today's standards, he would have been a man of 20 to 30 years old when God took him. And yet he walked with God and pleased God and makes it into our journal in Hebrews 11 of the great men and women of faith. Here's a lesson of faith. Faith is not about getting what you're asking for. Faith isn't a guarantee that, that what we're asking for, God will do. Faith is much bigger than that and much deeper than that. God is a sovereign God, and God does what God does. But we're going to see as we learn that God still asks us to seek Him and pursue Him and trust in Him and trust in His goodness and ask Him for all the things that He has said that He will do. But sometimes, He does something quite unexpected. And that is still a time of faith. That is still a time of faith. Interesting that that's the context for Hebrews 11.6. This story of Enoch, where then the author of Hebrews says, if you don't live like that, it's impossible to please God. Because you have to believe in Him and His goodness, and that if you seek Him, He will reward you. You will find Him. You will find Him. Philip Yancey puts it this way in his book, Reaching for the Invisible God, without an element of risk, there is no faith. Holding to the middle ground may represent the greatest danger because it removes passion in a person's relationship with God. Faith becomes the kind, a kind of intellectual puzzle which is never biblical faith. Faith means striking out with no clear end in view of the next step. It means following, trusting, holding out a hand to an invisible guide. I love that quote. And that's what we're exploring. That's what we're learning about. When you have faith, you have a passion for God. You have a hunger for God. You have a thirst for God. You have a desire for God. Faith ignites that in you, it burns that in you, it inflames that in you. Your love for God grows, your desire for God grows. You want to see God lifted up, you want to see God glorified, you want to see the purposes of God flowing in the earth, and you commit yourself to that because that is what your faith instills in you and burns inside of you and creates inside of you. An intellectual faith can douse our passion. And that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is the pursuit of God, the trusting in God, the entrusting of ourselves to God, the putting ourselves in God's hands, no matter what happens or what the outcome is going to be. 
And the interesting thing is is that when we live like that, as we're going to see with Jesus, we get God's attention and God begins to do stuff. God begins to show up. God begins to show his glory and show his power and show his wonders and show his majesty when people show their faith. God loves faith. It captures his attention. And so our prayer is to God, increase our faith. I love the story, you know, that that we've called this series, Faith That Moves Mountains. Because in the story, in the Gospels, when the disciples asked him to increase their faith, Jesus said to them, he said, oh, guys, if you just had a little bit of this faith, you could say to that mountain, be removed to the sea, and it would obey you. Think about that. He said, if you just have, just, if you just have a little bit of this faith, you don't need a lot. You just need a little. But it needs to be the real thing. It needs to be the genuine article. And our prayer is, God, increase our faith. Increase our faith as your people so that you can be glorified, so that you can show your power, that you can show your majesty, so that you can, your name can be lifted up and you will draw all the nations to yourself because that's your desire, that's your heart. So let me ask you this. Where do you need more faith in your life? Think about it for a second. Where do you need more of this kind of faith? Where do you need to entrust yourself to God more? Where do you need to allow yourself to be fully persuaded that what Jesus has said and what Jesus can do, he will do for you? Where do you need to abandon yourself to him more so that he can show up and he can show his power? Don't just have an intellectual faith. Faith like this allows us to see beyond what is in plain sight. That's the faith that we want to pursue. Lord, increase our faith. Give us eyes to see who you are and what you're doing all around us. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lead us to be the people that you want us to be. May we be your disciples. May we go out into the world. And may they see Jesus in and through us. Amen.